Amen, amen. What's up, exchange? We back. Elsa thought she could let it go on us. But we back. It's okay. I am so glad to see y'all. So my name is Taylor. Most people around here call me Tay. And I'm just here to wrap up our Love Our City series that's been going on. And it's been amazing. The first week was about rolling up our sleeves, right? It was about getting in serving and that if serving is beneath you, then greatness is beyond you. Mark brought that word and it was fire. Then the next week we had... April McCullough, she is the outreach director for Grace Family Church, and she told us that we have to open our eyes to see the need. We have to ask God what the need is and what matters most to him so that we can see it. And as a ministry, we've been getting our hands dirty literally and figuratively over the past couple weekends. We had around 70 volunteers. Give it up for the people who've been volunteering. 70 young adults going out and being the hands and feet of Jesus. I think we have a couple of pictures from one of the serve opportunities. But we went out, we sorted clothing for people in need. Yep, that was the Habitat for Humanity project we were at. Um, <laughs> that's a couple people are missing. But that's New Life Warehouse. We were doing deliveries. We were loving on people in the neighborhood. We were at Ebor. We were praying for people. We were handing out food boxes. There's been... Uh, we also partnered with Border Perspective and we provided hygiene kits with all of your donations. There's been all kinds of things going on, all kinds of positive things going on in the community. And that is what it's about. That is exactly what it's about. So while this series might be wrapping up, the needs of the people in the city are not wrapping up. Like there is not a time where we can just plug ourselves in for one day and it just be good for the rest of our lives. Like we have to plug ourselves in and make it a lifestyle. This is a thing that Jesus calls us to live. He calls us to live this as a lifestyle. So today, I wore this shirt for a reason. I want to talk to y'all about being salty. And not salty the way that some of y'all salty. Some of y'all wake up salty. You know, like, y'all just wake up sarcastic and ready to fight somebody. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the salt and light that, that Jesus calls us to be for the earth. So I want to just turn our attention to the verse that we're going to unpack today. And that comes from Matthew 5, 13 to 16. And it should be on the screen shortly. But it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So I just wonder, are you a salty person, but the good kind of salty? Like, are you the salty that Jesus calls us to be? Are you the salty that people around you are just, they just, ooh, they just love being around you because you give their life flavor. Like, I want to tell y'all something. If you didn't know, I went to culinary school straight out of high school, right? I'm always talking about food. Every time I walk up here, I'm talking about some food because I love food, okay? So my first class in culinary school was called Culinary Fundamentals, and we called it Fundies. It was basically the basics of French cookery. I had a chef, and his name was Chef Baron. And if y'all have seen Ratatouille, and you see, like, the really extra chefs, 
Like, my chef was extra. Like, anytime he did a culinary demonstration, he was like, this is how you saute an onion, and you do this, and you do this. And it was literally the most animated class ever. Um, but he was a very extra man, right? So anytime we did anything, it was very extra. One day, we had to learn how to make French onion soup. And one thing that they're supposed to teach us in culinary fundamentals, considering it's our first class, and we have a lot of class ahead of us, is how to season our food. Because if you don't learn how to season your food in your first class, I can't imagine how you're going to do it later in life when you become a chef and then people go to your restaurant, they don't like your food because it's not salted, and then you go bankrupt and then you're on the side of the road. Like, that's just so, Chef Ron's job is very important to teach us how to season our food, right? So I make this French onion soup, all class, working on it, whipping it up bring my soup to Chef Baron. Because in culinary school, that's the way you get graded. You make your dish, and then you take it up to Chef, and you watch him destroy your life, because he tells, he tells you about everything that's wrong with it. And um, yeah, so this is what I had to do for my French onion soup this day. I take it up to Chef, and he's like, this, what? this tastes like nothing. I cannot taste it. Where is the salt? It's literally, where is the salt? I could not taste it. And I was like, dang, like at that point, I should have just stuck my finger in it because I was salty enough for me and the soup. Okay, so I was like, chef, you don't have to roast me like that. Like you didn't have to, but he had a point. Like, what is the point if there's no salt in the food? Like if food tastes like nothing, it's just texture. Like it's just not tasty, just bland. Like, have you ever been at somebody's house and you try and be nice and they ain't seasoned their food? And you're like, oh, this is so good. You know what? I actually ate before I came. That's why I'm not eating that much. Yeah, and it's just not doing it for you. Like, it's bland. Like, it has no vibrance. It has no seasoning. And life is the same way when there's no salt. It's just not enjoyable. Without the church going out and meeting people's needs, people's lives are dry and unseasoned. It's not enough for us to just be the salt. God says we are the salt. But salt has to be applied to be useful. No one in the history of forever has poured a spoonful of salt, put it in their mouth, and was like, that was so satisfying. You can't just be salt. You have to be dispersed. Like, you can't just be salt. You have to be dispersed. So the salt, in order for it to be dispersed, has to come out of its container and be sprinkled on stuff. So... Are you the salt that's getting sprinkled on stuff, or are you the salt that got pushed to the back of the cabinet? Are you just sitting in your container, maybe sitting in the back of the room, dreading to be used, eventually losing your saltiness? But what does Jesus say about things that lose their salt, that loses their saltiness? He said it's literally not good for anything, like we're going to send it outside to be trampled on people's feet. So I want to ask you again, are you salty? Let me tell you something that prevents us from being useful. It's comfort. I'm sure salt is very comfortable in its container. I'm sure it's like really nice and dry and snug. It's not been pulled out of the seasoning cabinet in a while. It just goes to the back. Anybody who cooks, you ever had a seasoning that's been sitting in the back of your cabinet for a hot minute? Like tarragon. Who uses tarragon? I don't know. I know some of y'all like tarragon. What day? Anyways, it's a seasoning, guys. It's a seasoning. But you probably don't use it a lot, exactly, because no one knows what it is. And it just sits back there, and after a while, it gets all clumpy. Like, you pull it out, and, like, you try to shake it, and, like, it literally doesn't come out. It's like a brick. It's like, shh, 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 shh. And then you ended up having to throw it out. Like, let me ask you, are you the salt that got stuck in this container? Like, 
Are you currently stuck in your container? Maybe your container is your schedule. And God convicted me when I was working for this message because mm, my schedule could be my container sometimes. Like you are so busy and overscheduled that you don't even have time to look and see anybody's need. You don't have time to roll up your sleeves because you are trying to, you can barely sleep. So how are you going to meet somebody's need right now? Are you stuck in that container? Is your container your relationship? Are you so busy being codependent and needing that person for everything that they are preventing you from your purpose of being salty? Is your container Instagram or TikTok? Are you constantly looking for other people's approval so you can feel salty, but you're already salty? We have to come out of our containers. Maybe your container is your job. You was like, I'm none of that. Most of us got jobs. Maybe your container is your job. You're like, I'm comfortable here. I know what I'm doing. I clock in, I clock out, get my paycheck. If I do talk to anybody, I'm gossiping. I'm complaining about management. And then I clock out. How many times have we missed opportunities to salt people at work? To be salty with the people at work, not the salty we want to be, not the salty, not the salty that you want to be. Jesus is salty. Totally different salts, right? That Jesus is salty like seasoned salt. The salty you're trying to be is like iodized Mortons. But we're not going to talk about that. So there's one of my favorite books, and it's called Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. And there's a passage in there that tells this story. There was an employee who came to his boss very excited, and he was like, guess what? I accepted Jesus. I became a Christian. And then the boss was like, yeah, I'm so excited for you. You became a Christian. You accepted Jesus. I've been praying for you. And then the employee's like, you've been praying for me. And the boss was like, yes. And the employee's like, why didn't you tell me that you knew Jesus? And the boss was like, well, I've tried my best to live my Christian life around you. And then the employee goes, well, I thought all this time that I didn't need the gospel because you looked so happy living your life without Jesus, then I thought I could live my life without Jesus. See, the boss was stuck in his container. He was showing up every day being a Christian, showing up every day living his life but did he tell people about Jesus? Was he listening to people's needs? Was he praying for people at their desks? Like people complain to you all the time talking about my cat's got problems, my mom is this, my spouse is acting up. Like, how about you say, yo, can we stop and pray about that? Are you missing opportunities to be salty? Are you just gonna remain in your container or are you gonna come out of your container? Salt is not useful until it's spread. So many of us are looking to be useful. Or we're in, or in Christian circles, you know. Instead of calling it useful, we call it purpose. Like that's a buzzword around Christianity. Purpose. Lots of us are looking for purpose. In, God, in places God hasn't told us to look. We are looking for life's purpose when purpose is right in front of us. And our purpose is to be salty and to be lit. Okay, lit and salty. You can put that on your Instagram. I'm lit and salty. Or guys, God says salt and light. Okay, if you want to be holy about it, it's salt and light. Okay. In the book of Mark, <laughs> in the book of Mark, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God and love our neighbors. So he commands us to love our neighbors, and that sounds like a good place to start looking for purpose, loving on your neighbors. Like you have opportunities to fulfill this purpose every day. And there's needs all around us that God needs us to roll our sleeves up for and get down to business. 
We have to infiltrate dark spaces in order for us to be able to be light in them. Like what good is it for us as Christians to come to the exchange every Tuesday and be light in a room that's already lit up? We're around a bunch of other people, a bunch of other lights. We're just coming together to be super bright in a room that's already super bright. We have to go into the dark spaces so that we can light them up as Christians. We have to go into the dark spaces so we can light them up. I'm going to take you on a little detour for a second, okay? Does anybody in the room get hangry? Yeah? Honest people. The rest of y'all liars. I know y'all be hangry. I'll feed you for two days. Let's see what happens. Okay, listen, I be hangry too sometimes. My husband will come up trying to talk to me about something and I be wanting to karate chop him until I get a pork chop in my mouth, okay? You know what I mean? But let me tell you who is the most hangriest person I know. I got her permission before roasting her. But Lauren, my sister, is the most hangriest person I know. In my family, we know, don't talk to Lauren if she had no food. <laughs> so look, <laughs> my brother knows, and that's Lauren back there. If y'all, if y'all say hi to her, give her some snacks, you'll be best friends, okay? But let me tell you, just like Lauren, or just like most of us can't be talked to when we're hangry, we can't be talked to when we need food, most of the people in the city also can't do the same thing. If they haven't eaten, and they have a physical need that needs to happen, they can't hear what you're talking about, Jesus. They're like, I'm hungry. Jesus got food. Okay, then you could provide them for the, the food and then be like, you know what? Let me tell you about somebody who is even greater than this food you have right now. We have to be willing to, to meet that need. We have to be willing to roll up our sleeves and do it on a regular basis. People in our communities can't feel Jesus' warmth if they don't have clothes. They can't feel Jesus' light if they don't have shelter. Like it isn't about volunteering at one soup kitchen, checking off that box for the year, taking the Instagram pic, and then going home. It's not about that mission trip you went in on high school and you got that picture of you, you know, you in Haiti, you in wherever else, you're in Africa, and you did it once and you're like, oh yes, I'm a missionary, I'm holy. Like it's a lifestyle. You have to be salty all the time. Have you been at home and you clicked on your life for five minutes and then you clicked it off and said, I'm good for the year? Or you made one meal that was really tasty and you're like, oh, I'm set. I don't need to make no more food this month. No, because the light and the need for light and the need for food is constant. So we as a church have to be constantly meeting people's needs because they keep recurring. Your one soup kitchen isn't going to keep that person from being hungry for the rest of the year. So unfortunately... One of us can't go out and do all of that. One of us can't go out and salt the entire earth with the one tablespoon of salt we have. We can't go light the entire earth with the one light that we are. It takes a community. It takes all of us to come together, get out of our houses, out of our comfort zones, out of our containers, and go serve the earth. Go serve our communities. One of the places the exchange served, like I said, was Habitat for Humanity. And Habitat for Humanity is a Christian organization, and they've been building houses since like the 1970s. And in 2013, they built their 800,000th house, and they do it all over the world. They, on their site, they say that they have had over 13.2 million volunteers help them salt the earth. And it takes, so it takes many hands to make this kind of impact. They didn't just get a couple of their homies together and was like, yo, let's go build some houses. And then they got 800,000 done. 
No, it takes a village. It takes all of us to do that. There's 100 to 200 people that walk in here every week. What kind of impact could we make if we all banded together and went out in Tampa and went to meet some needs? We have to make this a lifestyle. In Matthew 25, in Matthew 25, 35 through 40, Jesus says something interesting. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was in prison and you visited me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did I see you hungry and feed you or take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and we visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, whatever you did for at least the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So you have to go out and experience this for yourself. And Jesus tells, him, tells us that when we serve the least of these, when we serve the hungry, when we go visit the people in prison, when we clothe people who don't have clothes, we are directly serving him. So I know that for me, my whole mindset changed when I actually got picked up a hammer, picked up a drill at Habitat and started building. And I got to hear about the lives that get changed by building houses for people who otherwise wouldn't be able to have houses. I want to challenge you to have this experience for yourself and look around for opportunities you can be salt and light in the world. Jesus says when we serve him, we serve others. When we serve others, we serve him. How many of us are sitting in our containers not being salty? So the exchange is rebuilding our outreach team. This thing we did over the summer, we don't want it to be a one-time thing, like I said. We want this to be a continual thing we do throughout the year. So after service, Johnny, our outreach coach, is going to be out in the lobby, and he'll be taking names for people who want to be the salt and the light, who want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So you can join that team if that's the place where you feel you're most needed. But we need people all the time here in the exchange, and also the world needs people out there. So if it's not here at the exchange, you have to get involved somewhere. You have to go be the hands and feet. And if you're looking for purpose... This is the place to start. I know somebody in here is looking for purpose. They're looking for Jesus to tell them directly, God, what am I supposed to be doing? But I tell you, the only way you're going to find it is if you go out and start serving. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for everyone under the sound of my voice. I thank you for all the people that you have brought here today safely. And I thank you for giving us the opportunity and the privilege to be able to even meet people's needs, God. There are people who can't rub two of their pennies together, and we are here with excess clothes, with excess everything, you know. In our culture, we are just needing, 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 getting new things all the time, and there are people who are craving for the basics, God. So I pray that you would just start to open up people's hearts, break people's hearts open so that they might be able to see the need that you need them to specifically meet. I know that you gave each of us a different calling, a different gift, a different voice, and I know that you gave each of us a purpose to use those things for your kingdom. So I pray that you would just illuminate what that is for each and every one of the people in this room. I thank you so much for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.